1: greatest example of selflessness in the history of mankind is the cross of Jesus Christ. As we become less visible, as we deny ourselves, as we decrease, Jesus increases. He becomes greater. He becomes more visible in our lives. And then all of a sudden, it's His interest. It's His kingdom. It's His glory. It's His power. And it's His will that become my priority.
0: Because I've step back and allow Him full access to my entire life. Have you ever realized that when you cut bad things out of your life, good things start to enter? Some people may say it's luck, but Pastor Dave reminds us today that it's our supernatural Father at work. When you focus on God, when He becomes your priority over sin, Him and His ways will increase in your life. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 3. As he continues his message, the way up is down.
1: You are sure. After these things, Jesus and the disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. You know, I believe—could be mistaken, won't be the first time—but I believe this is one of the only times when we see Jesus actually baptizing. Usually, his disciples are the ones doing the baptizing, but here Jesus is clearly baptizing. He remained with them; he's baptizing them. In verse 23, we see that John the Baptist is also in the area. Now, John was also baptizing in Anan, near Selim, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. John the Baptist is doing his thing. Many believe that it was on the opposite side of the river. He was doing his thing because the water was high. John was baptizing into repentance. John was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And yes, they had ministry at the same time. And in verse 24, it says this all happened before John was taken into prison. Verse 24, for John had not been thrown into prison. All happens before John is thrown into prison. But a problem arises. There's a dispute, as there always is when you have two people doing similar things. There's always a dispute. Let's look at verses 25 and 26. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi... He who was with you beyond the Jordan to which you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. Now, the dispute was over purification, but the the Jews, namely the Pharisees, used this as a ploy to get John the Baptist's disciples to start thinking, well, wait a minute, which baptism do we follow? Do we follow Jesus' baptism, or do we follow John the Baptist's baptism? Which do we do? And it made them anxious. It made them worrisome. And that's what happens sometimes when we hear things that are opposing views. We get anxious, and we get worried, and we get nervous, and we don't take it back to the Word of God to see what is really true. We're not Bereans about it. you Remember, the Bereans in Acts 17, 11, they went back, and they took everything that Paul said, and they took it back to the Scriptures to test to see if it was true. The disciples didn't do that. They were anxious, so they come to John. They come to their master, John. And they said, you know, that guy that was on the other side of the Jordan, you know, the one that you talked about, he's baptizing. And everyone's going to him. Hmm. These guys were loyal followers of John. And I get the hint that they're feeling a little jealousy. They're feeling a little competition. They're feeling a little bit put out. They didn't like this guy coming in and baptizing when their master was baptizing. John's disciples were making a big deal out what they presumed to be some sort of competition whose baptism was better. And the Jews were egging the disciples on. But John doesn't waver. John is steadfast in what his belief is. He's steadfast in what the Lord has told him. He knows what his job is. He knows what his mission is. He knows what he's supposed to accomplish. Look at 27 and 28. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. John does not buy into this idea of competition. As an aside, I don't believe I'm in competition with anybody. There is no competition. I believe that God has given me a task to do here at Calvary Chapel, and that's what I'm trying to do line by line, verse by verse, teaching God's Word, building up of the body for the work of the ministry. I believe that's my chore. I don't care what they do down there. I don't care what they're doing down there. That's not my job to care. If they're preaching the gospel, praise God. If they are people getting saved and being born again, praise God. Who am I to say? I'm not worried about them. There's not a competition. I don't look at it that way. I never have. I'm not competing with anybody. No one. This is what got these disciples in trouble. John doesn't waver. He doesn't buy in this competition. It didn't bother John one bit that Jesus was baptizing. He wasn't going to allow envy. He wasn't going to allow jealousy. And he wasn't even going to allow pressure from his own disciples to change his point of view. We see that a lot. You get in the leadership, and there's envy, there's jealousy, and people are pressuring you to do things that they want you to do. We must stay ever true to God's Word. We must stay ever true to His Word and not back off one bit. We're not going to be pressured by anything or anyone because we know it is God's Word. Inerrant, infallible, pure. What is written is written by God Himself through the Holy Spirit. Men did pun it. Yes, they did. But God inspired each man by the Spirit to write those things down. And we have it as it is. That's our task. That's what God has called us to do. John's mission, you remember, we studied it. John's mission was to announce the coming of Christ. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he was baptizing, and all of a sudden, there he was. Whoa, the Lamb of God, that's him. John's mission, declare Jesus as the Lamb of God, then get out of the way. Back up. He emphatically said to them, I'm not the Christ. Remember when I told you that the Messiah was coming? Remember when I pointed to him on the scene and told you that? John was confident that the mission that he wanted to do was accomplished. So to reinforce this idea, John uses this really great analogy to the Jews about a wedding. He used something that he knew that they would all understand. He uses this great example of the bridegroom and the best man. Let's read 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. See, in Jewish tradition, the best man made all the arrangements for the bridal feast. Best man set everything up for the great big feast. In fact, the best man was the one that presented the bride to the bridegroom. See the picture? John is the best man. He knows he's not the bridegroom. He knows he's not the one, but Jesus is the one. Jesus, meet your bride. Meet your loved ones. And then he rejoices because his joy is complete. He's accomplished his job. And then he steps aside as the bride and bridegroom are married. And he says, praise God. Our joy is not fulfilled in doing something for the Lord. Our joy is not fulfilled when we receive something for the Lord. Our joy is fulfilled when we hear his voice. When we hear his voice talking to us in the night, when we're reading his word and we hear that still small voice and he speaks to us and he fills our heart with that joy, then we have joy unspeakable, Peter says. Joy that we can't even describe. John saying, hey guys... It's okay that somebody else is baptizing. It's okay that they're going over after Jesus, and better yet, it's supposed to happen. Then John makes this statement, this poignant and priceless statement, which basically is the gist of all that we're studying today. It's our focus verse. Look at verse 30. He, speaking of Jesus, must increase, but I, John says, must decrease. Wow. One commentator I want to share with you said this, quote, This should be the motto of every Christian, especially those who are leaders among God's people. Jesus should become greater and more visible, and the servant should become less and less visible. One thing sticks out to me in this verse. Well, that's not true because tons of things stick out to me in this verse. But there's a couple words that I have to revisit. There's a couple words. They're the same word. Anybody see it? It's the word must. It's the word must. Now, this is the third time, third and fourth time, that the word must is used in chapter 3. Actually, it's the third, fourth, and fifth. Listen, in chapter 3, you must be born again. In chapter 7, you must be born again. In verse 14, even so, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Must be lifted up. It's an imperative. It's a divine imperative. It's not a suggestion. And then he says, you must decrease. You must decrease. What happens when Jesus increases in our lives? What happens when we allow Jesus to increase in our life and we take a step back and we allow people to see him in our life. Well, one thing John the Baptist told you, our joy is complete. When Jesus increases, our joy increases. When Jesus is present in our lives, our joy increases. and we have mass quantities of joy. Why? Because when Jesus increases, love increases. When Jesus increases, blessings increase. When Jesus increases, our faith increases. When Jesus increases our service to him increases. When Jesus increases grace increases. When Jesus increases mercy increases. When Jesus increases hope increases. When Jesus increases help increases. From whence my help come? Comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. When Jesus increases holiness increases. When Jesus increases peace increases in our lives. When Jesus increases, we have rest for our weary souls, and it increases. When Jesus increases, our esteem is increased, because he's increasing in my life. When Jesus increases, knowledge increases. When Jesus increases, others become important, and their lives are important to us. When Jesus increases, life itself increases. It becomes more abundant. When Jesus increases, there are also things that decrease. There are also things that decrease. I have found in my life that when Jesus increases, sin decreases. The more I am following Christ, the more closely I am associated with him, the more closely I am in his word, the more closely I am in my prayer time, I find that I am sinning less. When Jesus increases, circumstances seem to decrease in size. They're not quite as big as they used to be. When Jesus increases, our fears decrease. When Jesus increases, our struggle to maintain decreases. Our hurts decrease when Jesus increases. He must increase. I must decrease. This is an action. This is an action verb. This is an action time. What do I decrease in? I decrease in my thinking of myself. I decrease in my actions that are centered around me. I decrease so Jesus can increase. And when I get out of the way, Jesus becomes the way. I need to first step back and allow him to be seen. There are a lot of upside-down statements in the Bible. There are a lot of statements that confuse us, that go along with what we're talking about right here There is a place in several of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where it says, if anyone desires to come after me, Jesus says, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So the first requirement of a disciple would be to deny yourself. I must decrease. Take up your cross and follow him. That's what Matthew and Mark said. Luke says something different. He says, take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Dying to self is gain. Decreasing is gain as Jesus increases. Once again, who was our example? Jesus Christ. Look at his relationship with the Father. Look at what he said about his relationship with the Father. I've only come to do the Father's will. I've only come to do the will of him who sent me. The works I do, even the words I speak, are coming from the Father. That's our example. Paul says this, he, Jesus, was rich. Yet for our sakes he became poor, that through his poverty we might know the riches of God. Praise God. Cross of Jesus Christ stands as the greatest example of selflessness in the history of man greatest example of selflessness in the history of mankind is the cross of Jesus Christ. As we become less visible, as we deny ourselves, as we decrease, Jesus increases. He becomes greater. He becomes more visible in our lives. And then all of a sudden, it's his interest. It's his kingdom. It's his glory. It's his power. And it's his will that become my priority. Because I've stepped back and allow him full access to my entire life. I've given him credit for every single thing that happens. I can take no credit. I allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life. I say, yes, Lord. And that's what I do. We want to see him exalted. Jesus himself was talking about the cross. But listen to this when he said, even till the Son of Man must be lifted up. I want to see Jesus lifted up. I want to see him lifted up high and exalted, not only here at Calvary Chapel, but in my every single day life. I want people to be able to look at me and go, wow, there's something in you that is drawing me to Christ. There's something I see in your life. There's something that you're doing. And I know it's not you, it's the Lord, but something's drawing me to Christ. I want to see that. You want your families to come to Christ? You want your loved ones? You want the prodigals to come home? Decrease. Get out of the way. Let Jesus increase in your life. There's another great upside-down verse that Jesus says in Matthew 10, 39. I'm going to read this one. Matthew 10, 39 says, He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Wow. Another upside-down thing. Wait a minute. See, One of the major problems in the world today is self-centeredness. We think it's all about me. My worries, my pain, my sickness, me, 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 I want to be number one. It's interesting. By nature, we're all this way. I can prove it. You have a small child just about able to talk. Bobby says a few hundred words. You have them in a room with a lot of toys. You bring another little child in to play with them. Little child comes in and sees a toy. He grabs it. What does your child say? Mine. Did you teach them that they were his or hers? No. It's built in our nature. Mine. You got what belongs to me. And by the way, it's all about me. Didn't you know that? How dare you come into my house? Play with my toys. Nature. We're born that way. That's the way we're born, and it increases. He that lives for himself only thinks of himself. But everything you do in that vein will be burned up like wood hand stubble. There will be no reward, anything you do in the flesh. Anything that you amass for yourself, you will not be able to take with you, and you know you've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearst. You've never seen it unless you go over to Egypt and dig up one of the pyramids because they took everything with them and they buried it in the pyramids (laughs) thinking it was going to help them in the afterlife. We must deny ourselves. We must decrease and Jesus must increase. The way up is down. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. The Lord will lift you up. Would you rather be lifted up by Jesus or lifted up by man? These are the things that Jesus taught us. Give to those who take. Love those who would persecute you. Bless those who would curse you. Humble yourself. Lay down your life for others. And these things are all foreign to the world and go against the grain. They go against the flow. What do we need to do? What is it that we can do? What a beautiful and perfect time to examine yourself. To open up your heart before the Lord and go, okay, Lord, here I am. Look in. What you're going to find isn't so pretty. But please, help me clean house. Help me jettison those things that are coming between me and you. Help me get rid of self. Help me get rid of self. We take an honest look at where we stand with Christ. Paul even said we should examine ourselves, for if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged of him. If you're saying to me right now, well, Dave, I need to find myself, let me suggest to you that all you really need to find is Jesus Christ. Because if you find yourself, it won't benefit anybody or anyone else. But if you find Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life. You will have eternal life. Living for yourself is not fulfilling or gratifying. I can venture to say that many of us have tried it. In the end, it will only bring misery and emptiness. Misery and emptiness, when everything revolves around me, it's misery and emptiness. But when everything revolves around Christ, oh my goodness, my joy is overflowing. My joy is so full. I want to share that love with this person, with that person. I want to give to the poor. I want to go and witness Jesus Christ. I want to do these things because God is leading me and guiding me by His Spirit. Because the joy is so incredible, I can't contain it. I can't contain it. I have to share it. God's kingdom seems to be upside down. He must increase and I must decrease. If I wish to save myself, a life, I have to deny it. I have to lose it. This is foreign to my brain. But God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But as I decrease and as I lose my life for His sake and as I dive to self, new possibilities to be used by God open up. God wants to use each and every one of you today. There's a great, big, vast world out there that needs to be saved. You have children. You have grandchildren. You have brothers and sisters. You have spouses. You have people in your neighborhood. They need to be saved. We sang this morning, King of Heaven, come now. I got news for you. He's getting ready to come. He is getting ready to come. And we don't want anyone to be left behind. We don't want anyone to be, be here during that time of tribulation. When you allow Jesus to increase and your life allows Him to work through the Holy Power of the Holy Spirit, marvelous things are going to happen. Incredible things will happen as you trust in Him and as you follow Him. A greater life will come out of dying to self. A greater life will come when Jesus increases and we decrease. Let me leave you with these words. God is much more interested in His eternal plans than our temporary plans. God is much more interested in what is in a person's heart than what is taking place in the religious box. You didn't think I didn't get that one in there, did you? (laughs) God is more interested in making you and me like Christ than our present happiness and comfort. Ouch. God always places the spiritual above the physical. Always. And God is often more interested in revealing himself through our weaknesses rather than through our strength. Yeah. The way up is down. So the only question remains, which way are you headed? Which way are you going?
0: You are assured The book of John covers Jesus's life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on we're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today you can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website just click on the messages tab when you visit AssureHopeRadio.com we'd love to meet you too Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel, Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.